Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast, the only podcast to successfully hit one year of podcasting. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast, uh, you can buy my course called Let's Start a Podcast, normally valued at $4.99. But for you lovely listeners, I've knocked it down to $250. It is definitely not a scam, so please go get it today. <laughs> now, with all the grifting out of the way, let me introduce to you my guests this episode. And because it is my one-year anniversary of the show, I wanted to make it special. So, my first guest is the host of the incredibly funny podcast, TV Trivia Pod, where each episode a guest comes on and answers trivia questions to some of your favorite TV shows. Please welcome my very first guest ever, Brian Sheehan. How's it going, Brian? And how's the hey. last year been for your show? Hey, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. You know, as you're the only podcast to make a year, I'm hoping to make <laughs> it there myself. Yeah. You could say I'm almost, I'm pretty much there, but I don't want to say anything too, too <laughs> blasphemous on a cult podcast. So No, no. There's, there's been no one else. Joe Rogan doesn't exist. So, and my second guest I have an inside joke with, because he has been on so many times that he is the unofficial second host of this podcast. He is my actual co-host on our other podcast, Reddit on Wiki. Please welcome my guest with the most appearances, John Consignata. John, how's it going, buddy? And how does it feel to be part of a podcast that has made it to a full year? The only <laughs> podcast. The only podcast the only I made. Because, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been in this show for so many times. What is this, our, my fifth appearance officially? Might even be and, more. You know, probably. <laughs> hey, it's not about quantity. Obviously, it's about quality. That's why Brian was your very first ever guest on the show. So I'm just, you know. Yeah, that wasn't last, a gamble. Last minute. <laughs> hey, are you free? I'm like, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So. It's, a, it's like a you up text, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's awesome to get both you guys on for this one. Because in today's episode of the Let's Start a Call podcast, we will be discussing multi-level marketing companies or pyramid schemes. From leggings to essential oils and kitchen knives, these predatory brands have manipulated countless individuals, causing them to destroy personal relationships and lose their life savings. 
with, with tactics reminiscent of actual religious cults, the way MLM, MLMs operate is definitely disturbing. And this is different than a Ponzi scheme, right? I think they're the same, right? Oh, are, yeah. Are they the same? Uh, I believe I just watched the other guys again. And at the end of that movie, I think it shows all these <laughs> graphics showing what a Ponzi scheme is and how all this money these guys make. And it's a it's a it's a crime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's also quite ironic that this is what the topic is, because I was just watching The Office, Brian. Uh, we were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> And it was the scene when Michael Scott was trying to explain that he was trying to get a team together for a pyramid scheme. Then Jim, Jim drew the, the triangle and he's like, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> I have some calls to make. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm glad that's the direction you went with it. I thought you said, speaking of, it's funny that this is the episode. I was like, oh, man, this is where is this going? And I was like, I have a product for you. <laughs> I am trying to sell my uh, course. <laughs> if the more people you bring on, the more you can make from my course. That's how it's how it works. <laughs> yes. So that's right. We are talking about pyramid schemes, as most of you can probably relate to that high school acquaintance that you haven't talked to in years who randomly added you up on Facebook and Instagram. He messaged you asking if you're interested in making 100000 a year, all from the comfort of your home. Selling essential oils, right? Yeah, essential oils, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. See, I do see a lot of the essential oil stuff now from friends from high school. And I'm like, oh man, what did these guys get themselves into? It's like, you're definitely not making that much. I, I know, trust me. <laughs> so have have either of you been a part of or have any stories related to MLMs before we get into it? Actually, when I was a dumb high schooler, I did try <laughs> to get into one of those. I think it was the knife one, Ve Vector? Yeah, we talk about that later, actually. That's a good one. I think Ve Vector was, was one of the first ones I kind of felt. I mean, as a high schooler, you, you kind of don't know anything and... You're just like, oh, this sounds cool. I want money. You know, like I needed money in high school. Like I, all I had to do was go to work or go to school, go to a practice, go to the games and then go home and do my homework. Yeah. You, you, you didn't pay rent or anything. So. Exactly. Yeah. Did, did you say you tried to get in on one of these? Like you didn't like think, hey, let me just go get a job. Like you were like, let me find, let me go house to house selling oh, yeah. knives. This sounds like fun. <laughs> John was like, I want a way to rip people off. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I had the charisma to go and, and sell, you know, but for some reason, I kind of just woke up and just be like, oh, my gosh, I just got duped. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, which, is, which to be to be fair, it's not it's not as uh, easy as it sounds, because a lot of people are deeply entrenched in this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we will get into how deeply entrenched some people are and. Uh, a lot of people lose a lot of money on this, so it's it's uh, definitely a dark business practice, we'll call it that, to be generous. So to start things off, we're going to hop into a brief history of multi-level marketing companies. The exact origins of multi-level marketing companies, or network marketing as it's sometimes called, are fairly unknown. However, most experts believe that their concept traces its roots to a California-based vitamin company called Neutralite Corporation. And if that's not the most California company name, I don't know what is. <laughs> Interesting. I think that's the direction they went with it on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Ooh. when D is selling those berries to release your stress and you hold on to that thing. And Charlie's <laughs> like, where do I put my feet? And he's like, oh, you're so stressed, man. You're so stressed. You're knocking years off your life. And they sell all these in invigorons or something yeah. like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they did the same in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with, I think it's called Nutriboom, which is kind of probably yes. a play on, <laughs> playoff on now. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, because it was the first of its kind. In 1934, it introduced a direct sales business model that relied on loyal customers selling their favorite products to family and friends. Landing a sale could earn them a commission of up to $50 a month, or the equivalent of approximately $1,000 in today's money, or a million Canadian dollars, which is probably not true, but the conversion rate isn't great. (laughs) That'll be five U.S. dollars. Uh, I can finally live up here. Naturally, many jumped at the opportunity to bring home a hefty income and began buying the vitamin products at wholesale prices. Among the most successful ones were Jay Van Andel and Richard DeVos, both of whom joined Neutralite in 1949. After a decade of working with the company, they decided to form their own business, which they called Amway, which is short for the American way of ripping people off. I would believe it. (laughs) They are terrible. They prey on a lot of immigrants to to America and and try and get them to sell and buy into the product. So they're they're not great. (laughs) I was wondering where this was going with cults at first, but then like really just preying on people, the people that don't know better that are that are at their most vulnerable. This is perfect. Yeah, they're promised the American dream and they get a taste of it. Right away, like, here's here's Amway to screw you over, <laughs> capitalized style. <laughs> so Amway made use of the same direct sales model that Neutralite pioneered. However, instead of vitamins, they sold household products like organic cleaners. These proved to be incredibly popular, especially among housewives, a demographic that the company targeted as both customers and sellers. So it is kind of revolutionary where they're selling to people who are going to sell to themselves. But obviously there's there's an end because it's kind of cannibalistic in that style because they're consuming their own market base in that way. Interesting. By the early 1970s, Amway had become so profitable that Andel and DeVos were able to acquire a sizable chunk of Neutralite, which enabled them to add vitamins and food supplements to their portfolio. However, their astronomical growth caught the eye of the Federal Trade Commission... (laughs) which is an American government agency responsible for protecting consumers. You guys might know them as the FTC. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. They're there to protect you, <laughs> for the most part. Right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Did you say the last name is the, the DeVos, one of them? DeVos, yeah, D-E-V-O-S. But it's one of those weird ones where the V is capital. It's so, capitalized? Yeah. I wonder if it's the same same family that... I think she became the the education secretary or something like that. And maybe think of DeVos as well. Is that her? Like, was, was she part of that family? Interesting. Let me check. You are correct, actually. Not... Wow. Oh, she's married. She's, she's married into the DeVos family. She's married to him. He's the, she's married to the co-founder of Amway. <laughs> wow. What? Yeah. John, well done. That is, oh my god! <laughs> they are the 88th richest family in America, worth an estimated 5.4 billion dollars. So that's where that's where your education dollars go. Sorry, Holy. sorry, Brian. <laughs> Man, can you imagine what that curriculum would have turned into if she just would have stayed? You know, uh, 
the, we'll get the teachers to sell to the students, and <laughs> they can sell to the if grades below this, them. <laughs> if you take this AP exam, and then you get another person to take this AP exam, and then it keeps on going. It keeps on going. Damn. You get an A. <laughs> Good catch, John. Good catch. I did not catch that when I was uh, doing the research oh here. So that's gosh. crazy. Really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we'll continue on. In 1975, the FTC brought the company to court over allegations that it was a pyramid scheme, a business model that relies on the recruitment of new members to earn money rather than on sales of an actual product or service. Amway's fierce pushback on the lawsuit that they were involved in ended up paving the way for other multi-level marketing companies to enter the market, including Avon, Tupperware, and Electrolux. Just a side note, every time I see Tupperware, I think of that TikTok where he's like, Tupperware? And he's just like, no, no, no. (laughs) Say that slowly. And he goes, Tub? And he's like, no, no, no. It's Tupperware. (laughs) Is that the one with Sal from Impractical Jokers? Maybe. It might be. It might be that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the It was a big big TikTok meme for a while. (laughs) Anyway, the multi-level marketing industry has grown significantly since then, particularly in North America. In fact, according to the Management Study Guide website, quote, the Direct Selling Association of United States of America reported that about 25% of its members were engaging in MLM channels of selling in the 1990s, whereas by the year 2009, it was found that over 94% of the members had been practicing this method, which contributed to about 97% of the total direct sales, end quote. So it was a jump of, my math is bad, but that's 70 <laughs> Seven, almost seventy percent. <laughs> so, uh, which is don't in, ask me. Yeah, in in the span of like twenty to thirty years, it jumped that wow, much, which is crazy. Huge. So, it just goes to show how big of a spread it has. As of twenty twenty, approximately six point two million Americans are said to be actively involved in MLMs, with most of them working for either a personal care or health and wellness brand. Unfortunately, only twenty five percent of them have turned a profit, with at least half dropping out after one year and after making a huge financial investment in the business. That is a very large percent. If I was better at math, I would have done this all out. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> over a million just, or way, way, way over a million, like just drop out, lose hundreds to thousands of dollars after investing. Wow, that is huge. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what, one, could, one, one could argue that podcasting is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I tried to write a joke in here about that. And I couldn't find a spot. To You're welcome. <laughs> now that you say it, this Zoom screen is kind of situated a like a pyramid. Right? Oh <laughs> yeah, because you know, think about it. Every time you have your little call to action, I'm like, hey, better be my subscriber. And if you do tell, if you do become a subscriber, tell your other friends. The more friends you know about it, the more they know about the podcast. Uh, that is very true. I guess the argument would be you don't have to. It's free. Unless you're a patron. I don't have those, John. <laughs> hey, but I think I think more people would listen to us if, you know, I feel like a lot. I mean, this is coming from experience that one time I did the knife thing. Every time like they had the little, what do you call that? Kind of like the orientation it's always mm-hmm. some super young guy, some young charismatic dude, yeah. flexing around with his with his with his Lamborghinis. Like, hey, I did this at <laughs> age seventeen. I just graduated high school. Next thing you know, I have a Lamborghini the next day. Yeah. And I, I I feel like we need to make that Lamborghini investment so that way we can flex on people, Josh. Oh, that's smart. Okay, what's our Lamborghini investment going to be, John? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we buy those Joe Rogan microphones. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yes, that's okay. what we're doing. <laughs> if right. it is a Lamborghini, though, I'm guessing John gets to drive it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I came be... up with it. Yeah, you had you had the most experience. <laughs> yeah, Josh is the cult leader, so uh, I, I'm I'm just in his inner circle at the moment. That's true. You all you're all in my inner circle, just different levels of rings. You know? <laughs> exactly. <You're here. laughs> Um, the growth of the MLM industry may be massive. However, its incredibly low success rate is the reason why people are often warned against joining one. Critiques of such companies point out that its business model is doomed to fail. Given that product distributors are paid a percentage of the sales made by their recruits, or downlines as they're sometimes called. Since their income is mainly hinged on the number of individuals that they've brought into the brand, those who are unable to recruit people don't earn anything at all. For example... 21-year-old Faye Easter spent at least 600 pounds, or around $800, during the few months that she was with Airbon, an MLM that focuses on beauty and health-related products. By the time she quit, she had only managed to make back 12 pounds, or measly $16. Oh, and uh, the story does remind me of podcasting, but... <laughs> <laughs> you see? <laughs> Right now, I've put in so much money in this, and I have gotten, let's see, almost nothing in return. <laughs> yes. The equivalent of 16 Canadian dollars, which is <laughs> five cents, which USD. is D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good thing we enjoy doing this. Yes. Exactly. It's for the love, the love of it. <laughs> but my gosh, I will sell out so fast. <laughs> oh, in a heartbeat. Spotify comes to me, and they're like, we're, we're doing exclusive. For twenty dollars, I'd be like, "You got me, I'm in." <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that much money podcasting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, twenty-two-year-old uh, Charlotte Dickerson, who became an Airborne sales representative, lost a staggering eight hundred pounds, or more than a thousand dollars, in just four months. The website Investopedia put it best when it said, "Quote." Members at all levels receive some form of commission, as long as the chain keeps going. The more layers there are, the more money people can make. Think of it as a pyramid. The person or people on top earn the most, while those who sit towards the bottom earn fewer commission dollars. Relatively few, though, generally earn meaningful income from their efforts. End quote. Very few will make money. It'll be like the top 25%, like I said earlier. That's a quote that they put on their website while recruiting people? No, this is like, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is Investopedia, which is like a, a financial website, basically that gi that gives okay. financial. Yeah, so they're like, no, don't do this. <laughs> this is a bad idea. You you had also said that people are discouraged from this business model because a lot of them aren't successful and don't make money. Isn't it also because it's illegal? It's a it's a or gray was it area. Like back then, is it hard to prove? I guess or. Yeah, it, the the FTC tried to charge Amway, but clearly that didn't work. They're still operating because they pushed back so hard because they had the money to push back and they paved the way for more companies to do this. It's a gray area. It's not illegal. It's just kind of frowned upon by by the government. But sure. it's definitely definitely people still do it and make a ton of money, like billions of dollars, clearly, as we can see from the education secretary or whatever you guys have. <laughs> So yeah, Gosh. gray area, I would say, is best to describe okay. it, but not illegal. All right. So that is a bit of the history of MLMs. We are now going to get into the aggressive tactics that they use to indoctrinate people into their companies. There goes the cult. Here's yeah, the cult. this is the cult part. <laughs> MLMs aren't only criticized for their low success rates, though. 
For many, the lies that the industry perpetuates and its blatant encouragement of aggressive and shady recruitment tactics are the reasons why people should stay away from brands that use this direct sales model. For example, the MLM company Vector Marketing is best known for exploiting college students and recent graduates by sending them letters promising exciting job opportunities with excellent pay and flexible work schedules. However, instead of legitimate 9-to-5, those who take up the offer are made to go door-to-door selling kitchen knives and convincing their friends to do the same. And yeah, much like John, I have a, I have a similar story to this. When I was in college, I was broke at looking for a job when I saw a sales position on Indeed. So I applied and they told me to come in for an interview, which was exciting. So I went in, got dressed, suit and tie and everything. I went to the building and there were probably 15 other people in the room with me, mostly around my age. And we sat through like the 40 minute presentation about how great knives were and shown how we could go door to door make making money. And I was very (laughs) pissed off. Because I thought I was going to get an actual job. And uh, that's that's my villain origin story. <laughs> I have to say, the way you describe that, too, I mean, the the tactics that are like, hey, come in for this job opportunity. You could make a lot of money. This sounds yeah. like the email scam you get that you just instantly delete. Like, why are, how, how are people, I don't know, letting this perpetuate? Like, it, this, it sounds like a scam, you know, like. Yeah, well, and that's why they prey on people who are just out of college or in college because they're like lower income people looking for a job. And with the job market, it's not great. So they target those people and promise them the world. Some people bit in the in the presentation I was in. Some people stayed. I left right away as soon as I could. I took a donut because I thought that was fair. And then, <laughs> yes. and then I left. You do get to travel from uh, house to house. <laughs> the ones who stayed were not that sharp ah knife joke i like that thank you john (laughs) i will say my parents bought one of these uh a case of these knives off of i think one of my brother's high school friends who was selling them and man they are fantastic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they are good to this day they look like butter knives but they will just (laughs) slice through a steak and it is amazing (laughs) brian's like speaking of knives Those little herbal products, not gonna lie, they are pretty good too. <laughs> they work for a little the, bit. Uh, man, I, I call it. It was like, was it Herbalife or something like that? Yeah, Herbalife Her- is one. Yeah. Herbalife. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I tried it for a little bit and yes, it did kind of help. But <laughs> I'm like, I would never sell these anymore. Like, is that like sell essential these. oils? It's kind of like uh, nu- nu- nutritional, like, like pills, kind of. Okay. Okay. Vitamins and stuff. Like vitamins. There vitamins. you go. Okay. Yeah, vitamins can be helpful. Is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can be helpful if you if you're vitamin deficient, but definitely not all of them. And the essential oils are kind of bullshit, and we're going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a cult. And then you kind of just you know like when you go like I, I shop like at like Trader Joe's or 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 uh Whole Foods and Fancy. the moment you see the no, I know. Jeez <laughs> Louise. At the moment like you see those big Yukon trucks with with uh, the Herbalife sticker I'm like, okay, mm. I'll just go to Walmart today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, I don't need this right now. <laughs> is there a difference between essential oils and candles? Candles? Is yeah, it- there are There are definitely candle pyramid schemes, but I wouldn't say... Oh, no, just like in terms oh, of what do you do with essential oils? Is it just for smelling? Oh, yeah, basically, it just makes your house smell better. <laughs> okay. So for, for some people, I guess I could calm them down, like candles 
calm people down and it's relaxing, I guess. So in that sense, but they will not cure you of cancer, which is what sometimes is profit promised. So oh, very interesting. And uh, yeah. while you're buying these essential oils, can I interest you in a Himalayan sea salt lamp that will, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You want to cook like a steak in that lamp, just like <laughs> salted steak right there. <laughs> this sketchy recruitment method has landed vector marketing in hot water several times. In 2011, the company was made to pay $13 million to settle a lawsuit that accused them of failing to pay their salespeople the appropriate minimum wage. A few years later, they were again embroiled in another class action lawsuit. This time, it alleged that the company was inadequately compensating their salespersons. So, that's where they get into the gray water, Brian, because they're technically not paying employees, so they they open themselves up to lawsuits like that. And Vector Marketing was actually forced to pay $6.75 million to settle this, but that's like nothing in the grand scheme of what they make, so they don't really care. I mean, if no one's, no one is hourly though, why, why can't like, that sounds like if somebody won that argument and they're still not paying people, isn't that just a case you can like immediately bring up again? Yeah, I... I'm not a business person. I don't know how this stuff works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right there Um, with you. Yeah, the law is fuzzy sometimes. I guess there's probably ways around it. They probably put something in the contract that says you're not guaranteed to make money. Uh, Maybe they didn't do that at the beginning. Who knows? There's a lot of gray area with all this. It should Mm. probably be illegal. They should probably just be like, okay, we'll pay you for what you do. If you don't sell anything, that's fine, right? Like that should be what it is, but. It's not. So. <laughs> yeah, like at least like a base pay. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's sucky too, but like, I mean, I think there should all, I mean, it's not like the same concept, but with servers in the food industry, like they get paid like mm-hmm. super low and based on the service and the product or based on the service they, they get or they provide, that's then they'll, they'll get additional um, compensation from tips. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, like, again, that's not a really good correlation, but at least offer those workers who are doing the 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 marketing to to the people like at least a, a base pay i'll take it a step further pay servers base pay thank you <laughs> like, yes like minimum wage so that i don't like so if i have a bad server i don't feel obligated to tip because i've had bad exactly. servers i have good servers i'll tip them more you know what yes it, but that's how it should work it should be you all get paid the same and then if you do more bring in more business then you make a little more that's the that's your compensation but you should all make a, a minimum wage that is livable you know what i mean yeah yep. and and, um, and that's absolutely fair not that thing that goes for everywhere else like if yeah. you go step above what you were supposed to then you should get compensated for it like even more but especially teachers right especially <laughs> teachers yeah. oh my gosh brian i'm so passionate about making sure our teachers get paid man like it's it's crazy why are they putting yeah. you through all this crap Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's doing its job. I enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep at it. Yes, because yeah. I was a pain in the butt as a student. So, I mean, I well, don't... If you had to deal with me, like, I wouldn't have blamed you if you strangled me as a child. You should go back and you should email some of these teachers and be like, hey, sorry I was such a pain. And I'm sure they would appreciate it, you know? You, I'm just you like, molded me into a better person. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a better person. I still use Wikipedia as a primary source for a podcast. So that's, that's uh, true. I'm pretty sure they're going to slap me again if I, if I tell them that. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't think we'd get into a whole pay debate, but this is good. This is good. <laughs> it's healthy. Yeah, it's a healthy uh, dialect. Is that the right word? I don't know. We're moving on. Di- dialogue. <laughs> dialect. We're going with it. Sure. It's your show. Roll with it. <laughs> in addition to promising non-existent job opportunities to those who participate in MLMs, also frequented host parties as a way to recruit downlines. Among those who were roped in after attending one of these was Angela, a stay-at-home mom of three from Reno, Nevada. She found herself joining Tupperware after her neighbor's sister claimed to be selling them to, to raise funds for her fertile treatment. Before long, Angela was attending the company's weekly rallies, where she was bombarded by aggressive sales recruitments and her uplines, who kept telling her she was failing to recruit enough people. So just going to these parties and getting just bombarded with hate because you're not doing your job is the worst thing I could think of doing is something in my off time. That doesn't sound like a good party. No, no, no. The worst party. (laughs) These comments became even more hostile after Angela's mother was diagnosed with cancer. In an interview with the Huffington Post, she shared, quote, they said you need to use your mom's cancer as as your sales pitch. You need to turn it into a party and ask everyone that cares about you and your mom to help you sell Tupperware. End quote. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And it gets worse. Other sellers even began using Angela's mother to sell more Tupperware, telling their customers that they were helping raise funds for her cancer treatment, even if they weren't. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So could you imagine hearing your friend's mom having cancer and then thinking, ka-ching, I can cash in on this. Like, it's... It's so messed up. Oh, man. Yeah. I would be throwing hands so fast. (laughs) Definitely. I'm going to use them Tupperware and bang them in the side of the head. I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, too bad Tupperware is plastic. (laughs) You do it hard enough, that could be some damage. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Thankfully, Angela ended up leaving Tupperware shortly afterwards. Fortunately, she wasn't saddled with debt and inventory, unlike most other MLM participants who are often forced to unload mountains of remaining products at garage sales and on Facebook Marketplace. Unfortunately, her time with MLMs continued to haunt her long after she gotten rid of her last Tupperware. After developing a deep vein thrombosis, which is just blood clots basically, she was inundated with messages on social media from people recommending that she take everything from plexus health drinks to essential oils to replace the blood thinners that she needed to mitigate her blood clots which is uh, how horse paste became so popular. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This constant barrage of messages is another aggressive sales and recruitment tactic that MLMs use for, quote, Huns, which participants are sometimes cheekily referred to as. So Huns, H-U-N-S, like you'd call your girlfriend or wife or whatever. (laughs) So they're reaching out to people on social media as an effective method that guarantees them potential downlines and in turn, an increased commission. Not all Huns like sending messages, though, especially since uplines often encourage them to reach out to casual acquaintances and even strangers. However, when they have to choose between making back the money they invested into their business and maintaining social graces, then the former usually takes top priority because you don't want to... Most people don't want to ruin their relationships with their friends, so they just take the, the hit from the, their investment, which is where a lot of people lose their money, right? Right. So a, a lot of these people are relying on this as their like main source of income. Like they're putting all the, all their chips in here. 
not all of them, but like it depends on the so so like I said, the knife one college students usually get brought in, so they're usually looking for full time jobs, something to make money. So yeah, they're putting their all into it. Housewives who maybe they're on maternity leave or I don't know if you guys have that in America, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, barely. <laughs> yeah. So maternity leave or just stay at home wives or husbands that really have have to fill up their day with something and they choose to try and start a business. And this is what they call their starting their business. So it's not everything, but it is their time and usually their family's money, like joint money that they're they're putting into this. So that's tough. That's a, yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. You have the allure of, you know, the, the empty promises that they give you. It's like, mm-hmm. you want to be your own boss. Like you don't, you want to be like an entrepreneur, like, you know, to a younger person or someone that never had that growing up. That's a huge, that's a huge mm. uh, draw for them. So yeah. it's hard to blame the people. It's, it's these companies that have like shady business practices that like keeps getting away with it are the real culprits in this. Oh Yeah. I think John read my script. He's hit every point I'm going to hit on. <laughs> like, uh, he's just he's just, just nailing it. He's, he knows more about MLMs than I do. <laughs> um, this is from pain, okay? <laughs> John knows from experience. <laughs> um, as a result, though, their personal relationships begin to suffer. Not only do Huns become a source of embarrassment for their friends and family members, but they may even receive insults or verbal abuses from individuals who are irritated by their business. But do people only join MLMs because of parties, messages on social media, and the opportunity to take home massive earnings? Not really. For a majority of them, they were led into the business with false expectations by an upline who promised them the world, as John said. (laughs) This is exactly what John just said, so if you want to skip ahead, just 15 (laughs) seconds. For instance, Huns often use the tagline, be your own boss, to convince others to join their MLM. This phrase may sound incredibly simple, but you'd be surprised at just how many people are sick of their 9-to-5 corporate jobs and are looking to find a way out. Many recruits were also lured in by glamorous photos of Huns enjoying luxury vacations on tropical islands or abroad on cruise ships. The captions accompanying such images often claim that the trips were paid for by the company. However, they don't mention the astronomical amount of money they had to spend on buying products just to qualify for it. So this is a classic thing where they'll give you like sales goals. And if you buy enough product from them, they'll take you, they'll give you whatever gift cards or, or getaways or something like that. But only if you spend way more than the trip would actually cost, you know what I mean? Like cruise ships aren't that expensive. So I'm pretty sure we did something similar in elementary school when you would either raise money selling chocolate bars or something. If you raise $100, you get like a basketball. And if you raise $200, you get like a ticket to some sporting event. And like, uh, I, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that that's actually, that's very true. I'd never thought of that. That is the education secretary at work there. It's <laughs> in elementary school. Betsy wow. DeVos. Uh, those idiots will sell pizza like it's no tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. That 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 falls into it for sure. <laughs> Promises of a wealthy and opulent lifestyle are among the many coercive me- recruitment methods that Huns use. It has proven to be incredibly enticing. However, the reality is that most recruits find themselves in dire financial straits only a few months later. However, do either of you know who won't put you in dire financial straits or coerce you into false business practices? God, here comes this pyramid scheme ads. <laughs> 
Josh Shell. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not always true. <laughs> <laughs> Go support me and buy me a coffee. No. <laughs> the uh, the products and services that support this podcast. But it would be hilarious if you got an Am- Amway ad on this episode. <laughs> uh, so enjoy some ads. What is up, Fred? Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. My personal favorite is the sweet chili chicken sandwich with DIY ranch and garlic broccoli. It's so good and it's on the table in less than 20 minutes. So if you want fun and affordable meals, go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Let's get down to business to defeat <laughs> the Huns. Ooh, there we go. That's what they were singing about. And that took me back to Aladdin too. I can show you the world. Like, uh, oh god, so many Disney oh references. Oh my gosh! Stop opening up memories. <laughs> so many Disney references this episode. Oh my! Next time Brian sees a, a kid selling chocolate, get out of this pyramid scheme, little buddy. <laughs> Just shakes them. Oh. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I have students that do that. It's a, it's a couple of times a year. They come in with a box of chocolates. Like, hey, Mr. Sheehan, want some chocolate? And I was like, yes, please. And they're like, and then I go in for it. I know they're I know they're asking for money, but I act like, you know, I can just take one. And they're like, no, 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 you have to pay for it. And I'm like, Psh, what? Like, teacher discount. This is a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 just offered me chocolate. You should be like, I'll, I'll bump you up half a grade point if you give me... <laughs> <laughs> fair trade, man. Yeah. It's a fair it's like trade. A kid, it's chocolate now. Next thing you know, it's knives. Next thing you know, it's a beauty product. Get out while you can. <laughs> it starts with chocolate, ends at horse paste. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about MLMs, how they started. We've talked about their uh, shady business practices. And now we're going to compare them to cults because this is a cult show. And if we have an episode without cults, people will revolt. So the aggressive and shady tactics that MLM companies use are the main reason why they're often regarded as modern day cults. Indeed, religious groups like People's Temple, they use similar methods promising people that joining their ranks would allow them to attain whatever their heart desires whether it be social justice and equality or healing from a physical disease. Their manipulation continued long after the individual had signed up, though. While devotees of Jim Jones talked about the utopia amid communism and the threat that the Soviet Union posed, MLM Huns painted an enticing picture of all-expense-paid vacations to exotic places and being able to decide when to clock in for work, which is a big plus, for sure. (laughs) Both religious cults and MLMs alike emphasize the tight-knit community that they can provide, which has proven to be appealing for those who feel lonely and unsupported in real life, which is definitely something that happens with uh, social media nowadays. However, these aren't the only reasons why MLMs are considered cults. On the website, The Snapping Point, companies that used this direct sales model were weighed against the BITE model, B-I-T-E, 
of Authoritarian Control, which was developed by American scholar Dr. Stephen Hassan to describe the various methods that cult leaders use to recruit and maintain control over other people. So it's basically a breakdown of how people control people in cults and, and similar structures anyway. And it stands for Behavioral Control, Information Control, Thought Control, and Environmental Control. And the MLM companies meet almost every single element under each criteria, which is probably not surprising. <laughs> it's going to be a plot twist. Dr. Hassan is the main hun. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy. He's he's defining what cults are. <laughs> hey, he, he, the, the reason why he can define it is because he created it. That's true. That's why I am the expert cult leader, because I <laughs> create them. <That's> <laughs> <laughs> he's a mole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For one thing, Huns control the behavior of their downlines through methods like encouraging them to use their free time to recruit more people and sell more products. Those who are failing to hit their quotas are often humiliated in team meetings or are told that they simply aren't working enough, even if they've already exhausted their social network. Sales representatives, or consultants as they like to call themselves, are also rewarded for good behavior. For example, the cosmetic MLM, Unique, which is spelled in the dumbest way, it's spelled Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E, so it's like you unique <laughs> i hate it uh at least uh, it's unique yeah. it is not it is oh, sadly no. not <laughs> so they host an annual incentive trip for high performing huns on the other hand mary Kay, another beauty in cosmetic mlm gives a baby pink mercedes benz to those who rake in tons of sales so there you go john that's what we need to do <laughs> Hey, fun fact, I actually live about a mile and a half from Mary Kay's main headquarters. Oh, damn. Please tell me that parking lot is lined with <laughs> with those cars. <laughs> with baby I've, pink. I've, yeah, actually, <laughs> yes, I've actually went inside once. I'm not because oh. I'm part of it. It's, it's, it's for work related. And they have a museum inside, actually. It's pretty oh, cool. Oh, interesting. What is in this museum? Just like their history of it. It's really tiny, but I'm just like... <laughs> For the longest time, I thought Mary Kay was the twins. The Same. Mary Kay and Ashley. I was <laughs> like, Mary oh, Kay wait. <laughs> that's not them. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure they used that to their benefit, like for branding purposes. They probably used their names. <laughs> like, Interesting. Probably. Yeah. Besides behavior, MLM also controls the information that the Huns receive. For instance, essential oil brands often tell Huns that their products are powerful enough to cure anything. From the common cold to the COVID-19 virus. <laughs> Those idiots. No way. Is, is, wait, is that, a, is that a joke? Did you make that up? Or No, that's not a joke. I, I know I write in a lot thing. of those. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it just made me chuckle because this is, uh, they're, they're a lot of the reason why so many people are vaccine hesitant. Definitely like Essential media. oils? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, this can cure your COVID to the people that have gotten covid Eight times by now. <laughs> the only essential oil I need is the one I use to fry my chicken. Okay, so let, me just, let me just say that. Is it is it low fat oil? No, I need full fat, buddy. <laughs> right, I forgot you're in Texas. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they Come don't, on, they don't sell low fat there. <laughs> no, illegal. Leave that to the the. The libtards in California, am I right? <laughs> yep. Man, I'm from California originally, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't care. 
have no alliance to either. So. That's true. Hey, that's your America shot for today. Yeah, yeah, that's my America shot. Um, uh, although I, sh- I took a shot at maternity leave as well. So that, that's Not okay. <laughs> this misleading information is spread through social media channels and during annual conventions, where attendees are also fed with the brand's overall positive doctrine. One that emphasizes how critics of MLMs are simply haters or sheep who are jealous of their success. According to the snapping point, quote, many MLMs will explicitly create an us versus them mentality among their consultants. Usually this is through discrediting ex-consultants as haters whose businesses failed through their own faults. Clearly that's victim blaming and this is cult behavior, (laughs) end quote. Yeah, so it's very much a, it's a team thing and this is, problems with social media in general today but i digress yeah <laughs> even when they bully they bully as a team huh yeah we're a team I... until you're not making sales quotes and then you're the enemy <laughs> my goodness controlling the thoughts of their sales representatives is also something that the majority of mlm companies engage in a fantastic example of this doctrine that they espouse for instance unique claims that their products are the most advanced in the market even though the quality of their makeup is reportedly very poor. Meanwhile, Beachbody, a fitness-based MLM, convinces their Huns that they're legitimate coaches who are qualified enough to give advice about workout routines and diets. In the real world, though, this can only be done by licensed and certified professionals, which Beachbody's Huns are certainly not. (laughs) And I actually knew a girl in college who joined a fitness-based MLM, and she was definitely not qualified to give workout advice. (laughs) She wasn't an out of... I'm not saying that like as a a diss, but she, she just... Didn't study for that, didn't go to school for that or anything like that. So it was just, she just one day signed up for it and then started giving advice like she was an expert. <laughs> oh yeah, if you pick things up and put them down, that'll do the trick. <laughs> yeah, it's not very hard to say, lift weight, make big muscles. <laughs> yes. Grunt heavy. Eat yes, protein. John. John's an expert in going to the gym. Oh. He knows. Who says that I work out? I maybe I just go to the gym and go to the cafeteria. You never know. You just go to the tanning bed. I don't need I'm already tan, buddy. That's true. <laughs> I need to go to the tanning bed. You need to get a tan. I got melanin, all right? Yeah, goddamn. It's already getting dark at like seven. It sucks. <laughs> a lot of MLMs also instilled in their consultants the idea that they'll be ostracized from the friend groups that they've formed if they leave the company. In fact, many ex-Huns have shared that they were ignored by people they once considered friends, while their former uplines spread nasty rumors about them. This form of manipulation falls under the final criteria of the bite model, emotional control. After all, Huns are less likely to leave once they've seen the kind of abuse that those who have quit are subjected to. So that's very cult-like, where they... Checks all the boxes. Yep. Oh yeah. In conclusion, given the controversial nature of MLMs, it isn't surprising at all to find out that they've been involved in many different scandals. For instance, Luaroy, Luara, something like that. It's a dumb spelling too. A clothing brand that is arguably one of the most well-known MLMs of all times uh, was accused of coercing Huns to undergo gastric bypass surgery in Tijuana to improve their appearance. Meanwhile, in yeah, (laughs) yeah, full surgery just to be a clothing brand seller. And have you guys heard of this brand? It's uh, spelled. Yeah, I've heard. Of, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. It it's spelled yeah. like L U L A R O E. It's the leggings, right? Well, that's Lululemon. I don't. Know. It might be the same. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's. I think it's the same. Lululemon is like the legit one. Yeah, yeah. So that's just a play on that title. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that seems to be what they do. Uh-huh. They just name it similar to a very popular brand. On a side note, Tijuana, fun times. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> wonder how cheap they'll get bypass surgeries are there. <laughs> if you can have four, you, if you have forty dollars in Tijuana, I'll last you a whole night drinking. I could assume that a surgery will probably be like ah, just a little tad more. So I was going to say that's good because that's might be all they make from the MLM. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> even um, your Canadian dollars will last long. Though, Josh. That's true. <laughs> I can buy a meal there. And, and that is my shot to Canada. <laughs> that's fair. You know what? Get them all in. <laughs> I'm not even putting that lightly. No, no, no. That's the wrong country, John. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> Poutine, poutine, <laughs> poutine, hey. yeah. poutine lightly. You know um, what I meant? I, I do, I do. I just had I'm to an, razz you. <laughs> I'm an immigrant. I get an excuse. <laughs> Meanwhile, in 2019, food supplement called a company Herbalife was forced to pay $20 million to the Securities and Exchange Commission after it was convicted of deliberately misleading investors. In 2020, it also paid $123 million to settle criminal and civil penalties that were related to a bribery case originating in China. These are just some of the many lawsuits that have followed MLM companies over the past few years. Unfortunately, even with these scandals, their false promises, as well as their aggressive and manipulative recruiting tactics, they continue to draw thousands of people in, all of whom would have unknowingly doomed themselves to losing their savings and perhaps even their sanity. And that is the end of my TED Talk today. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. Yeah, please come back next year. Uh, <laughs> um, so what do you guys think? Have I changed your perspective on MLMs or your your Facebook friends that are in them? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm just thankful none of my friends have reached out to me about buying essential oils yet. They might after this episode. <laughs> oh, man. That would be a sorry, thanks, but no thanks. Uh <laughs> Hey, just say you you work on a teacher's salary. They'll leave you alone. <laughs> like, I can't afford this. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. Uh, I will say this reminds me of... You, you guys talked about orientations and stuff, too. Isn't that how timeshares work as well? Very similar. And actually, my parents bought a timeshare, which sucks. So, so I think it's in Florida, and I don't think we've ever used it. So yeah, not a great thing, but I mean, it just goes to show you anyone can be duped, which when I was doing this research, you know, it did make me feel more empathy for the people that do get roped in. Cause I mean, they're usually on hard times, you know, and not in a good spot. So oh, yeah. they try and they try on anything. Right. So I kind of feel bad, bad for worse. them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, it's just having, having some sort of like, a little bit of experience on it. There's not that much people that can actually just say like, Hey, I tried it, but I was like quick enough at least to, to get away from it. not a lot of people Mm -hmm. have that option. And like you said, Josh, these companies just, just prey on people that are vulnerable. And that's, that's just super sad. Yeah. John, did you have to buy the knives you sold? I think so. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, (laughs) do you remember how many knives you bought? It was like a set. Like a certain set. Uh, this is like 14 years ago, right, so it's right. like drawing a blank. But I think you had to like buy a certain amount, and then you just from there you just go door to door to sell it. Right? right. Did you? How successful did you, were you? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I did it for like a week, and I was like, uh, "No, thank you." Did you sell any? I think a couple. Nice. So you did better than and a lot I of people, like, I think. <laughs> yeah, but after like a week of just like walking constantly, I'm like, no. 
I don't do that. <laughs> Man, I, I hated that stuff in uh, high school, elementary school, things like that. Selling the chocolate, selling the pizza and the cookie dough, like asking people. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. That's not. That's not me. I can't yeah. go around asking people to buy something. Yeah, that's, right. I, I was the exact same way. Like we would get those, and if my mom didn't bring it up during a family gathering or something, I didn't sell any. <laughs> it was it was either to myself or or my parents, and then if. if if it was never mentioned again, I f- would forget about it. Oh, yeah. It all came from the parents taking it into their place of work, putting it on like a, a counter or something. And like, you know, how Toby and Daryl do to cookies in the yeah. office with Kevin. I must say that little bit of experience has now led me to my podcasting career of not having any shame for promoting our shows. <laughs> and grifting. <laughs> and grifting. Yes. Uh, there's one great takeaway about it. It is now that we don't have any shame. That's true. <laughs> um, We've been at the bottom and we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get up there someday. We'll get up. It's only been a year. Oh, someday. It's only been a year. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're right. Uh, speaking of which, thank you, Fred, for this incredible year of podcasting. For everyone who's listened to the podcast and become a Fred, I want to thank you. All of my guests who have taken the time to come on, thank you as well. As we all listened to my last episode where I was alone. That definitely wouldn't be a good podcast to listen to for a year. So so special thanks to them and a thanks to my awesome guests today. Brian, I'm told you never forget your first, so I'm glad you could make the time today. <laughs> Can I say that I think I was the second? But wasn't I the Honosana one? Uh, about it was about Japan and they would they would force you to like rub your We're, feet. You're right. We're cutting all that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm deleting my first episode now because I am now realizing Brian was not on the first episode. <laughs> Apparently, uh, may- I did forget my first, so that's a may- lie. <laughs> maybe, uh, w- was it maybe the first that we recorded but just didn't release first? Or you just my- say that. You were my first real podcaster guest. I think that's what it was. <laughs> wow. And again, I had started maybe releasing episodes a month before you did so yeah. that was the amount of experience there. <laughs> <laughs> no because i think i remember i wanted to start the podcast and i didn't have anyone connections or anything like that so i was just like two of my buddies at home i was like yeah you guys hop on now that i'm remembering yes you were my first podcast host guest let's just go with that yeah okay <laughs> i'll take it brian <laughs> please tell fred where they can find your podcast All right. I am the host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a podcast about TV trivia. Right now, I've mostly covered The Office. So it's again, it's just questions directly from the show. For example, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? When Jim imitates Dwight, what are the three B's he uses? And again, it gets more difficult from that on my most recent episode, where Creed is the acting manager. He has The Office come up with an acronym for what? Oh, body. Bobati, my man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my podcast. You can find me anywhere you get podcasts and follow on all the socials at TV Trivia Pod. And all those will be in the show notes. So definitely go check check out Brian's show. It's funny. If you want, you can go back to like December, November maybe of last year and listen to the one I was on. Way back. One of, one of yeah. also my first podcast guests as well. Hey, nice. We were almost each other's first. That's what we can say. Yep, yep. <laughs> almost. The first one was a drunken night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot about it. It was a one night stand. <laughs> my um, first was with uh, with all my friends, friends and family too that I could rope in and uh, be like, "Hey, I need you to do this for me." 
<laughs> Pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and John, if this podcast ever makes money, I'll consider paying you as my co-host. But until then, please plug the podcast we are actually co-hosts on. Yes. Well, but first off, just want to say congratulations, my guy, for for a wonderful first year. Woo-hoo! And and <laughs> it's 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 been it's been great being in these. What well, this is my fifth episode with you, I think. We could be wrong. Apparently I'm wrong on a lot. Yeah. So, you know, it's just been an honor that, you know, you constantly think of me to, to, uh, even though I'm a last minute guest at times, uh, (laughs) think of me to hop on. But yeah, man, huge congratulations to you. Wishing you more, uh, episodes and more years to celebrate. But as far as our other podcast is concerned, Josh and I are both the two out of three of, of Reddit on Wiki, along with our friend, Sean. We discuss some of the craziest things we find in the internet we have episodes about lost colonies, paranormal, a lot of smut, anything that's non-PG related, about anything. <laughs> anything you can find on Reddit, on Wikipedia, we cover it. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. We, you can also find our website, redditonwiki.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, definitely go check out both the podcasts. I'm biased on both of them because I've been on both of them, but they're great podcasts. (laughs) And finally, if you want to support the show, you can do so by rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast on Apple Podchaser and Good Pods. If you want to support the show financially, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash let's start a cult. And you can follow me on the socials at let's underscore cult. And that is all. Uh, Thank you, Fred, for this past year. I look forward to many to come and I will see you next time. That's what she said. And the office brings it back together. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com slash cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show.